Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, something from the cellar. Another mini episode of our brand new drop that sees us revisit some of the fantastic guests we've had on the show over the last four years. And having chatted the hind legs off of more than 200 guests, let me tell you, our cellar is heaving with vintage conversations. So every Tuesday, we'll be dropping a bite-sized episode that uncorks some of our very best bits from our very best guests. And this week, we're revisiting some fierce female company we've kept to shine a light on some of the incredible women we've managed to share wine, wisdom and conversation with. And I'm kicking off with Skin, the lead singer of Skunk and Nancy. He's not only rock royalty, but also a genuine bona fide trailblazer for women in music. As an artist who's redefined preconceptions around sexuality, race and gender, all the whilst smashing out hit records as she sold them around the world. Now, when she came on the show, we tripped through the pages of the book she'd just written, her autobiography called It Takes Blood and Guts. And in it, she documents some major moments from her extraordinary life and career and took the opportunity to correct some narratives, like the fact, for example, that she, and not Beyonce, was the first woman ever to headline Glastonbury. As, as I'm reading your book, and literally, I've been that crazy lady that's got, I've got it on my Kindle and I've got the hard copy. And I've been on trains, I've been on buses, I've been on tubes reading it. I walk into walls because I can't stop reading when I get off at my stop. <laughs> it's It takes you there. And what a bloody story. 
But you know, when it was first mentioned to me, and I, I've written it with my great friend, Lucy O'Brien, when it was first mentioned to me, my reaction was kind of like, I haven't done anything. I've just been in a band and tour. I mean, I haven't done anything. And I, I basically blanked her for like three months. I was like, I'm not answering her. She's going to want me to write a book. And then the more I thought about it, and then there were all these books coming out about Britpop, 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 Britpop. And I was like, do you know, there's something else to say about what was going on in the 90s. It wasn't just Britpop. Of it course, wasn't. Britpop was massive, massive. But there were so many other things going on at the same time. You know, there was Bjork, there was uh, Goldie, there was R&B black girl groups, there was drum and bass, there was trip hop. And, and I felt a bit like, you know, I think this is a good time to tell an alternate story. It's a good time to kind of like say, say what was happening from someone who probably at the time, well, definitely at the time, wasn't really included in it and felt very outside of it um, and felt that that was quite a deliberate move. So I thought, well, let's tell like an alternate story and just put the book in context of what was happening in London around the time because right. that was very important to me because certain pub I had a few publishing offers and one of them, which was one of the big ones, was like, yeah, we just want to do it from your perspective only. And I was like, no, 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 it has to be um, it has to be for mine and someone else's so we can place it in time in history. So then it has context and context is vital. So um, that was one of the things that we wanted to really kind of push in a book. Like, you know, there are other stories um, and those stories are just as vital as the Britpop story. Not that I hate Britpop. I love Britpop, you know? No, but no, but you're quite right. Because what I get from reading the book... I've always considered you, by the way, to be a vital part of that scene. So the fact that you felt airbrushed is 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 really upsetting because for me, this story is told through the eyes of somebody that had a ringside seat across that 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 musical kind of movement and that yeah. time. But also you're quite right. Your book, every step of the way, every page you turn, there is another chapter of social history that has not been reported. And yeah. we're seeing this now with so much, you know, we're talking to you in, in the month of, of black history. I mean, why it has yeah. to be a month yeah. and it shouldn't go across the year still makes me scratch my head. But the fact is so much goes unreported and we're learning more and more now. And this is very much your story. And you and I know that you felt that at times because you didn't fit what the establishment wanted the 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 scene to look like at that time well they just kind of not erased you just opted to not include you and that's yeah. so wrong because you were breaking records making records and changing rules every time you went out and you raised your voice and and you continue to do that and I applaud you and thank you for that well, you know I think that what there was this very strong sense of at the time of like I would be in situations all the time where I knew that people didn't get me and people didn't understand me um and so I think that from the other side of it if I was empathetic to how they were seeing me I think that's quite especially big male egos that's quite a valuable mm. thing to do you've got something in front of you that you don't understand and you have the power so it's actually easier to ignore it and to pretend it doesn't exist because then you lose that feeling of in, uh, uncomfortability and vulnerability and you have all the power and you feel good again. Um, and I think that that's what happened a lot. Um, people kind of like, yeah, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, they sold millions of records, but I just don't like her voice because they couldn't say we weren't good. They couldn't say we weren't popular. They couldn't say we didn't write great songs. So they just kind of didn't write about us because they didn't know how to write about us. Um, and I, I definitely feel that uncomfortability just kept coming back and coming back. 
back. I've been doing a lot of interviews for this book. And uh, yesterday someone said to me, um, yeah, you know, well, you were a bit weird and you were aggressive and you were a bit like this and that. And I was like, no, 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 I wasn't. That's just how you felt because you didn't know anybody like me and I wasn't represented and you didn't know what to do with me. Mm. So you kind of just jumped into the same cliches that other people jump into. Um, about, you know, they'll see black youth on the street, they think that person's gonna be dangerous or whatever, whatever. But that's not about them, it's about you projecting yeah. what you feel about it. So yeah. I think that there was a lot of that. And as a consequence, the amount of people that didn't even know we had Lyme Glastonbury, um, I did uh, Lovey Fern Cotton and I was reading some of the, I did her Happy Place podcast and I love that yeah. one, she's amazing. And some of the comments were like, oh, I thought she wasn't doing music anymore. And, and that's what happens if you're not talked about. People just think you've just stopped or you're not doing anything. Well, you step outside of the UK and we play up to 20,000 people a yeah. night. You know, because we're still massive in other countries. But in England, it's like, it's Janet Jackson. It's like, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, again, you know, the prodigy, Maxim, Leroy. Leroy. Another, yeah, I mean, an amazing, massive, massive group. But nobody really talks about the fact that they were the first two black people to headline Glastonbury. I was the first woman. So yeah. I can, I can, Sorry, my I, apologies. I can, yeah. I can, I can put that. But, and it's kind of like then there was nobody really till Stormzy. That's a 20 year gap. You know, well, um, there was. I, I mean, think... there was there was Beyonce, and it was like, oh, first black woman oh. to headline Glastonbury, and that that actually that would have been you. Yeah, we're talking about British people. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, and I, I was at when Storm, when Beyonce said that because I was like, well, everybody must know that I she was interviewed by the same people that interviewed me when I walked off stage in 1999. Um, and I I think it's more about the fact that um, you know, as we're not seen as headliners, you know, all across Europe. That it was the same. Skunkanancy were the first band. Pogedy were the first band, you know. Um, and those we were the, the rare occasions when Black British music was headlining massive festivals all across Europe. Um, but being black wasn't really an issue. It wasn't something that I talked about. It was kind of like, oh yeah, let's that feels that feels uncomfortable. Let's not talk about that. And I would say it's only literally been this year that I can sit here in a mainstream interview and talk about being black and talk about black issues and talk about Glastonbury and talk about that because of the, the remit and the voice that has come out of Black Lives Matter. And I think that's a really good thing, you know, um, and I'm happy about it. I think, um, you know, we're getting there in the end um, to most people and with some other people, you know, I feel there's a definite rise in the right wing around the world. But um, yeah. I think that's what, what, that, that's what makes our, our music amazing is the diversity of it. Skin, still walking a path very much of her own. And since we recorded that episode, Skin and her wife, Lady Fag, have become parents to a beautiful little girl called Lev. Congratulations. And talk of kids takes me to my next guest on this tapas board of fantastic women featured in this episode. Next up, I'm refreshing my glass with one of my favorite all-time broadcasters, Sheila Fogarty. Our conversation on this episode went far and wide. Sheila opened up about caring for a mother during COVID and the pandemic, her incredible reporting on the Hillsborough disaster and subsequent fight for many years to keep the voices of the victims of family members heard as they fought for justice. But the clip that I wanted to share with you today is one that really made me smile. As a woman, it can often be hard to escape the pressure of having children. And women who choose not to become parents can find themselves bombarded sometimes with insensitive, irritating, clumsy, and well, sometimes offensive questions. But Sheila has found the perfect response. When else 
great difficulties have turned into great treasures for you? Gosh, that's a tough one. Just because there's so, you know, there's so many examples in life, aren't the way you just think, right, how am I going to manage this? How am I going to handle this? But something that turned out to be a gift, well, actually that, you know, what I've just described with mum, without a doubt, has taught me a huge amount. I, I never had a burning desire to have children. I never had a burning desire not to have children. You know, I was, I'm quite... Ambivalent? No, I didn't even have ambivalence about it. I Indifference? Just, yeah, kind of. I just, it's not even, I love kids and I've got loads of nieces and nephews and a couple of godchildren, a few godchildren, and I adore them. You know, I'd do anything for them. It was just, I think I'm just a bit of a sort of, oh, that next and that next and that's interesting and that's interesting. The idea of settling down and having a family, it was no driver. It didn't, it was not a driver of mine Too much at of a all butterfly. in my 20s. A bit, yeah, I think so. And it's never really stopped. So I never felt the clock ticking. I never thought, God, am I doing this right? Or, you know, because, and I think I'm just one of, I, I'm just naturally interested in being alive and living. So if it involves children, great. If it involves husbands, great. Well, not two, obviously. Well, not at the same time anyway. Uh, you know, if it involves those things, fine. And if it doesn't, also, also fine. fine. Yeah. yeah. Live, just live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's been my, uh, that was always my approach to, to kids. It wasn't even an approach to kids. It's an approach to life in which yeah. that was inevitably. But it's an interesting one because there are so many ways in which life tells you you should do X, Y, or Z. It's not just about motherhood and it's not even just for women either. It's for men. I just think if we could all just take a breath and say, what am I interested in? What do well, I yeah, want to well, do? Well, yeah, well, than pursuing what you think is, is drives me. prescribed for you by society as opposed to what yeah. actually what makes your heart beat, right? Yeah, yeah. And also, if you fall in love and your heart beats and you want to have a baby with somebody Great. and had that happened, I'd have gone for it like a shot. Yeah. But it's it just wasn't that order yeah. for me, you know what I mean? So it's never bothered me. But what did bother me was by the time I was about, I don't know, late 30s, maybe mid 30s, Lots of people, almost exclusively women, and some friends as well, would really quiz me on it. And it really fucked me off when they did that. And I'd like, I'd be like, I'm sorry, when I walk through a door, do you just see the absence of a baby or do yeah. you see me? You know, what, what is it you're seeing when I walk through the door here, you know? And it, for, for a brief period, it really got on my nerves. And I'd go to like, I went to a christening once and I was holding a baby <laughs> at a christening, not unknown, um, a friend's baby while they were having their pictures taken. And... Uh, a woman came up to me, she, you know, we were just chatting, mingling, perfectly nice woman. And she, she asked a perfectly normal question. She said, oh, is this your little girl? And I said, no, oh, no, I wish. This is, it's being nice about little Bella and da, 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 da. And she said to me, oh, do you have children? Also a normal question. I don't, I don't, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. That's a normal question. And I said, no, I don't actually. And she went, oh, like, oh, your life must be terrible. And <laughs> Pity. I, Did she cock her head to one side? Oh, like totally. A, like yeah, a screw the nose thing. up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, a screwy you know, nose. <laughs> I spoke to Jane Fallon about this, you know, the author Jane yes. Fallon. I was interviewing her once and we, she, we were talking about this issue. And I said, <laughs> the woman at the christening said to me, oh, so it went from a nice normal conversation to, oh, dear, is your life shit? And, <laughs> and I just said, actually, I just, I couldn't stand it anymore. I'd had like six months of this nonsense. So I just said, God love this woman. She didn't mean any harm. But I just said, um, I did have two actually. And then she went, oh. And you could see this horror in her face, like, oh my God, what happened to the die? What happened to the kids? And I said, reaching for my wine, I said, social services took them off me. <laughs> and then, and that began a, a short, thankfully short psychotic period of doing my level best to make people who asked me those questions as uncomfortable as possible. <laughs> And when I Too told Jane. Jane Fallon this, she was like, oh, I'm including 
the book. I said, feel free. Feel free. <laughs> Have it. Get the message out there. Leave us fuck alone. I think it's good that women can now say they don't want the men. Yeah, that, that was never my okay. thing. Mine was just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna live and see where it takes me. That's my approach yeah. to these things. And a bit of a hippie on the quiet, I suppose. Are people that insensitive still that they come in and they crash in with those sort of questions, Sheila? They've stopped now with because my they've decided my ovaries are a non-starter. But I think you ask most 35 plus year old women who don't have kids how often people ask them about it. I'll bet it's loads still. Yeah. But that phase of life added to the time I had with my mum, you know, this very yes. meaningful time I had with my mum. I did have, and I'm hoping to write about it. I'm not ready to, as I said, when I say I'm not ready, I mean, I haven't quite formulated it properly in my mind because it's in my heart still rather than in my mind. Um, I, I did have a real sort of, Oh, it's like a sort of resolution in my mind about um, how how all of that connects, all of that question of what we do with our life, whether we be, for women, whether we become a mother or not, what it is to be a mother. And my mother was some mother and had seven kids, as we've said a few times. Um, she was an extraordinary mother. You know, she really was, but in a very light touch way. And... And because of the generation she was from in Ireland, the country she was from, the generation she was from, you got married. You, ha if you, if you were fertile enough to have kids, you had lots of kids. That was just yeah. that was the deal, you know. And I was in, in one of my brother's wedding speeches once. They they were reading the litany of you know, mum and dad came here in 1950. There's six kids. So she was born in 1966, and then they got a telly, as though that was the. <laughs> But um, but she. Ex I, I was just thinking at the end, towards the end of her life. You know, she she took everything that she had much fewer choices than you or I would have had in our life, and she took everything as it came and in her stride. And you know, and that was child after child after child after mm. child for seven years. And dad, you know, he had to keep those kids alive as well. You know, yeah, and, and fed and clothed. fed and clothed and all the rest of it. I mean, it really, she really is of that Irish Catholic tradition. <clears throat> and I think that much time spent with her in these last few years, and also, I suppose, my own maturity as well, has just taught me that there are, for all the noise in this world at the moment, and there's a lot of it, mm. I'm making quite a bit of it myself, you know, that actually we've got to find space in between all that noise to ponder these things in our heart and to just really work out what Content. you want to say and why you know but I said right at the beginning of this show I think you're one of our most considered broadcasters because that is how I hear you Sheila is it I don't think that's that my you... mum coming through yeah, there and I that's think that's mom. exactly it right is that you probably think you say a lot but I think actually you may well say a lot but what you say is very considered and um yeah, I'd, maybe I'd, it brushed it rubbed off in the end. Yeah, inadvertently, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. there. So very, very much your mother's daughter. Yeah, yeah. In that respect, and my dad's in the yeah cabin away. As my dad used to say on my headstone, it would say, "Too busy talking." <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, the final something from the seller in this mini drop comes from Fee Glover and Jane Garvey. Broadcasting legends, their podcast fortunately racked up more than 30 million downloads as they chewed the fat on the issues and minutiae of the day and tackled huge issues all the while working for BBC Radio 4 where Jane for many years was at the helm of Women's Hour. Here they revisit their shock decision to quit the BBC and their podcast fortunately having been seduced to jump ship to pastures new. They talk about navigating live radio whilst wading through menopausal brain fog and some of the challenges they faced in the line of duty at the top of their game as both journalists and parents and their efforts to lend a voice to the gender pay gap at the BBC. So talk me through how a resignation like this plays out because this is huge, right? You are like a sparkling jewel in the crown of the BBC. 30 million downloads. I don't know many BBC podcasts that can even say that they've come close to that. I don't think they can, Um, but it's interesting. I, I wouldn't say we did feel entirely celebrated by the BBC, which isn't to say that we're not grateful to them for any number of opportunities that we have had over the years. But, I mean, it is only an employer at the end of the day, like sure. all the other employers. Uh, um, and we perhaps we do feel that maybe they could have gone a bit further with us. What would you say about that? It's been a bit bit more loving and attentive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. if, if we surprised ourselves in the success of Fortunately... Um, which we are enormously grateful for. I think we surprised the BBC in the success of Fortunately. And I don't think it would be speaking out of uh, line to say that maybe they simply didn't know what to do with two middle-aged women who've, uh, you know, both done quite a few things at the BBC already. And and Times Radio came along. I love Times Radio and I've listened to it. It's It's hooked me in. I'm really properly addicted to it now. They, they do have some great broadcasters there. Yes. Gable's great, Mariella Frostra. John Pienaar, Carol Absolutely. Walker, Aisha Hazarika. You know, it's a really, so really... So Matt yeah. Chorley. Yeah. Matt Chorley, God, yes. he's good. So they, they're doing something that I think Jane and I are just very familiar with. It's news, but it makes you laugh. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but you also know that you're not going to miss anything yeah. big. Uh, so I think it just... It was a very, very attractive... Does it feel like Radio 4 with a sense of humour? Kind of. It makes me think of the the glory years of Five Live yeah. uh, when we first started there, really. Maybe I'm just being nostalgic, but um, we're, we're not kidding ourselves. We're not in our 30s anymore. So we do look at life in a different way. And life comes at you in a different way when you get to, to our stage of life. Um, but I'm really looking forward to doing the thing that is counterintuitive in some ways because podcasts are massive and I love podcasts. But for me, my big love was always live radio and the appeal of being able to go back to that 
with the with the real risk involved mm. because you know you can massively make a tit of yourself i don't think you realize that until you step away from no, from, from live radio then then you go and we were just talking like you know before we came on on air yeah. and i said ladies how do you feel sometimes when you have this i mean I, I i get the fear now with menopause fog that i can literally forget what i'm saying whilst i'm saying it yes and, and that must be terrifying in a life well, there are two of us so one of us will make up for the other ones <laughs> and, and actually that <laughs> is a hope. that is a massive massive appeal yeah. of doing it because if i'm going to be brutally honest i would feel exactly as you do a little bit exposed doing a program on my own at the moment because but not those things else. do happen but jane and i you know back each other up whilst also burying the hatchet in each other's backs we've got the scars <laughs> to prove occasionally it. but we are there for each other and do you know what times radio has already been so enthusiastic about what we'd like to do in the program there's an enormous feeling of support and i defy any woman of our age not to have recognized the value of support i don't think you do when you're very young you've got this huge you've got that self-belief self-belief this mm. barrel of ambition to tap into but so an employer who comes along and says do things your way we'll try and make it happen and if it doesn't work we'll change direction but also yes we are happy if you both you know to ramble on a bit in conversation see where it goes and stuff it's a really lovely thing it's a really really lovely thing so it's a bit like the like a sort of professional shirley valentine scenario isn't it somebody's come along and yes. turned your head yes. on holiday you've Very got a bit of a so. tan and everything looks yeah. a bit fabulous a thank sli you a slightly <laughs> older gent in a jag <laughs> has turned off outside my house and if and we could well. just get a giant pepper pot on the table we're there in the trattoria at the end of the rocks and i will throw have a in your rusty bread. lanyard yeah. out, of, out of the window as you go yes that's spot on you've got it so yep. tell me how does it feel when you're chatted up to make a move like this, did you see it coming? And did it turn your head a la Shirley Valentine? Jane and I have both taken in the past jobs that have suited our domestic limitations. Yeah, yeah you've, so, you've both made career choices based on the realities and practicalities of life as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. As have I, actually. Yeah. I feel like I'm coming into my, my second spring now. But isn't yeah. that lovely? And actually... Um, I, I would always have wanted when I was a younger mum to have been able to see more women in front of me who had been able to do that juggle. I hate it actually when people call it a juggle because a juggle implies that you catch the balls and I've spent most of the last <laughs> 17 years dropping them. But it would have been lovely to see that women can get back into the game if you take quite a bit of, not necessarily time out. I mean, I've I've always worked, you've always worked, mm. but we haven't, were well, you more so than me, uh, but I haven't been at the front line of broadcasting since my kids were tiny. So to be given an opportunity to go back in at a really lovely level, I really want to do justice to that, actually. I think because that needs so to important. change. You're so it right. really needs to because change. I, I actually have, though, I, I did exactly the same. I dialed it right back. I All of my yeses and nos were made around what worked for, for me as a, as a parent, as a single parent as well. And now I, I am dialing it back up again. And I do think it's really important for people to see that it is possible. It's not the end. And we need some reassurance that you can do that. Yep. And also, I think we need reassurance, not just for us, uh, you know, in order to fulfil our own ambitions, feel valued in the workplace, pay the bills, which is an enormous part of why anybody's going to work in the first place. You know, it's not some kind of vanity project. And I think often... 
women can have that thrown at them. But it's about looking after a family, isn't it? It really is about children. Yeah. And, but know, they, that, it feels not... really unfeminist to say that, though, doesn't it? But I wanted to be present it's in my life. It's not that. Yeah, it's no, not unfeminist. I, we, we both yeah. get that completely. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't regret the time I made myself available to my kids. No, me neither. I'm glad I did. And I encourage anybody that feels that they want to do the same to do the same. And if you don't, no problem. That's I get that too. None of our business, yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, does, it does feel slightly... Um, a, a, a slightly outdated view, doesn't it? That well... Gosh, it shouldn't, should it? I mean, I know myself as well that um, I was a better parent precisely because I did do some work. Exactly. I, I was much more patient. I was much more able to play in the pop-up post office on the days I wasn't working because I knew that the next day I would be working. Um, when I was at Woman's Hour, I only ever worked a three-day week. Yeah. And it could mean, honestly... I mean, I had days where I would interview the Prime Minister in the morning, OK, only two or three of those days, and then be a pick-up at Hoppers 3. Yeah. And, you know, the kid comes out of school, they're sweating or they've, you know, somebody in the class has wet their pants and uh, <laughs> they had chips for lunch and they um, they got too wrong in their spelling test. And you're, su you're suddenly back in their world and that is all that matters. And what the hell you've done at work during that morning, no one gives a toss, to be perfectly honest. Well, no, and, that's, and that's it's brilliant. as it should be. <laughs> Absolutely as it should be. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me and uncorking some brilliant conversations for this episode of Something from the Cellar. There'll be another one dropping next Tuesday. So if you don't already follow or subscribe to the show, make sure you do to ensure it gets delivered directly to your feed and you don't miss a minute. I'll be back on Friday with a brand new guest and a brand new episode. In the meantime, if you want to enjoy these guests and their episodes in full, put their names into the search bar or scroll through our back catalogue. This week you had Skin, Sheila Fogarty and Fee Glover and Jane Garvey. Thanks so much for your company. White Wine Question Time is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.